Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Cross changes the way we see things, but let's, let's get into some verses. Some of this is going to be a review. How many of you know review is good? Teachers review for tests. Study guides are a review. I remember in, in 10th grade, I, I was in biology honors. And the teacher said, she said, if you, will, if you will do a study guide on everything we studied, she knew that if you typed out a study guide or hand, hand wrote it, that you'd be studying. And it was, in, it was pages and pages of information, definitions. And I'll never forget, I was up till like 2 in the morning. I didn't make a habit of that in high school, staying up that late. If I did, I was goofing off. It wasn't because I was studying. But I remember it was the first semester of my 10th grade year, and I did a study guide, and I was on Dad's typewriter. And I typed till about 2 in the morning. I was in the kitchen. It's like it was yesterday. Um, you were actually in my English class in 10th grade, um, Elena. But... Um, Ms. Brown's class. But this was for biology. Her name was Ms. Ivory. And uh, I remember I, st I typed out that study guide. I did not study beyond that. But I typed out a study guide. And how many of you know, you see it, you're writing it, you're typing it, and it helps you remember stuff. And it was pages and pages typed. And I, I still remember that. But the word is your study guide. And the more you go over it, the more you remember it. One man of God said, he said, man, I, I repeat things, I repeat, I repeat. He said, it takes people up to six times to remember. Actually, we, they've done studies. Some of us, it takes up to 16 times. According to my dad, I think it was 10,000 times. That was one of his favorite quotes. He said, if I have to tell you 10,000 times, I remember that. <laughs> like, dad, no, it's only going to take me 16. But, you know, so re repetition is good. We're going to review some things tonight. Let's go ahead and get into the Word. This is a great chapter, this text. This Messianic uh, prophecy, 700 years before Jesus was crucified, written by Isaiah the prophet. Um, Isaiah 53. Let's read through this chapter. It's not a long chapter. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot. A little sprig there, a little, little green thing growing out of the ground, like a root in dry ground. Ask, ask the Lord to not even pray that he reveals something new to you in these verses, something that stands out to you that's new, a revelation, a rhema. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest what? Deepest grief. Wow. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. How prophetic. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. In the Hebrew, it actually says sicknesses and diseases instead of weaknesses and sorrows. Sicknesses and diseases. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own what? His own sins. Hmm. We know that wasn't right because he was perfect. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins, the sins of us all. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. If he's taking away the sin of the world, he's got to do something with it. Well, God laid it on himself. 
to take our sin from us. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. You remember how he was quiet when Pilate said, don't you have anything to say for yourself? They were accusing him. He didn't argue, didn't fight. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. My rebellion too. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal, right? He was put in a rich man's grave. Very prophetic. 700 years before it, was, it happened. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. Wow. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, his suffering, his grief, his pain, his torment, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible, look at this, for many to be counted righteous. That's you. For he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. Wow, that's powerful. Let's go to Acts 2.22 now. Acts 2.22, we'll read about three verses. People of Israel, listen. Apostle Peter preaching here. God publicly endorsed, <laughs> endorsed, that's a very modern word, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders and signs through him as you well know. But God knew what would happen and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus did what? When Jesus was betrayed with the help of lawless Gentiles, <laughs> the Romans, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. He could not be held captive by death. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to 1 Peter now, chapter 2, verse 21. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering. We in America, we're not accustomed to suffering for Jesus, but I want to tell you right now, he's called us to be to suffer for him too. Many will say, he suffered so we didn't have to suffer. Well, scripture doesn't say that. You're gonna go through tough, tough things in life. And there's different levels of it. Um, I believe it was Sunday. Was it Sunday or Monday? One of those days, they were, they were busy in China, the Chinese government tearing down a church, an important church. And they put all of the pastors, I guess they put them all in jail. Can you imagine the things they face just for preaching the gospel? all because of a man named Jesus. That's crazy. God called you to do good even if it means suffering just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example and you must follow in his steps. It's a good translation. He never sinned nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threaten revenge when he suffered. We've all threatened revenge before, haven't we? I don't get mad, I get even, <laughs> right? I'm gonna get you, you're gonna pay for this. Or I've, I've heard people back in the day Saying, you don't know who I am right now, but you will, right? Okay. Ooh, heavens, I'm freaked out. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly and righteously. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to what? Dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. One translation says, by his stripes, you are healed. Praise God. 
Now, once again, I talked about review tonight, so this is going to be a review. I want to get you to open up again. We, we even did this in Bible study last night at the Connect Group, and we've been, we did this last week. Um, but what do you think of when you think of the cross? You're like, man, I already said it, or I've, I've said this before. You've heard it before. That's okay. Let's, let's talk about it for a little bit. This is good. This is review. And the more you say and listen and, and talk about it and think about it, you are learning, you're retaining, you're getting a revelation of God's word. So what do you think of when you think of the cross or when you see the cross? Because sometimes you say, well, it's, it's just the cross. I've seen it all my life, you know. But what do you think of when you really just take a moment and think of the cross? What does it mean to you? Not everybody at once, because it gets confusing. What do you think of? It's okay if you answered last week. I think of hope. I always think of hope. No matter what, there's hope. There's a, there's a chance. Like it, it, He can do it. He can do it. Remember, without hope, you can't have faith. Because hope says, ah, I I think I can. I, I know God can, but... And then faith says, no, he will. Hope leads into faith. Oh, there's a chance. No, there's more than a chance. I believe it's going to happen. God's going to take care of it. What do you think of when you think of the cross? Anybody? Huh, a good word. What's the second word you said? Connected. That's actually one of the words for Sunday. On one, that's one of my points on Sunday relationship yeah you get to be right with god scripture says he reconciled us to himself when you reconcile something back in the day they did this many of you now you're you're on online banking so it you you can see everything that clears in real time but back in the day i remember dad would reconcile the bank statements he'd make sure the bank statements equaled their checkbook you'd add these up and subtract these and do that but now, I mean, you get, on, you get on your app on the phone and go, that cleared, that cleared, that cleared. You can look at it every day. You don't quite have to do a regular reconciliation. You look at it and go, that cleared, that. Okay, I know that that's missing. That's your way of reconciling, making sure all things are equal and brought together in harmony. He reconciled us to himself, so relationship. What else do you think of when you think of the cross? Purpose. Huh. I don't know that I heard that word yet as relating to the cross. That's a good answer, Zeke. Purpose. It was not only Jesus' purpose to come and live and die and be resurrected, but it gives us purpose that Jesus died for us. That's a great answer, purpose, a reason to live. Surrender. Hmm, that's a good answer. Jesus, he gave in and he gave up for us. Not, scripture says he, he gave his life. They couldn't take it from him. He gave his life. So he gave his life for us and he gave in to his tormentors and he gave in to the cross. So surrender. He surrendered and we can surrender to God. Say, man, I give up. You know when, remember like in the old movie, say, raise your hands. This is a stick up. Okay, I, I surrender. <laughs> I surrender. You do with me whatever you need to do with me, whatever you think is right. That's what Jesus did and that's what we do. God, do with our lives whatever you want to do. What else? wholeness mm -hmm. yeah we're it's interesting since sin crept into the human race we're all we're all born broken in some way they say the majority of our personality is formed when we're in mama's womb and 
Sometimes maybe mom was a drug addict or dad was abusive or there, there's terrible, terrible situations in life. But much of our personality is formed in the womb and then, then we're born. Scripture says we're conceived in sin. Even though you're innocent, little babies, if, they, if a little baby dies, they go to heaven. They're innocent. But they were, they were still born into sin because their, their DNA has fallen since the Garden of Eden. So you're broken. You're missing something. And what are you missing? Your relationship with God. And so he makes us whole when we accept his sacrifice. That's powerful. Anybody else? Oh, yes. Hold on. They couldn't get anyone to answer in three at once. We're going to go here, there, and then back there. Yes, ma'am. Security. That's a good answer. Scripture says that the angel of the Lord encamps around about those that fear him. Fearing him is respecting him, honoring him, and reverencing him. So security, you're safe. You're safe eternally once you accept Jesus. You're, you're, you're on your way to heaven. You're on your way to heaven. Security, peace, trust. Yes, ma'am. Oh, wow. That's a, man, this, these have been good. You guys have some good answers. Example. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Wow. All the, what's amazing to me is Jesus is dying on the cross and he's taking care of family affairs even. Did you notice that? He's hanging on the cross. He's struggling to breathe. He's having to put pressure on his feet that are nailed to the cross to be able to breathe and he's speaking breath between He's speaking words between gasping for air and gasping for breath there. And he says, he says to his mom, woman, there's your son, John the Beloved. John, there's your mom. Basically said, I surrender my mom to you. Take care of her. I got to go. <laughs> he's taking care of stuff. But then he's on the cross and he's also leading people to himself on the cross. Can you imagine? You're, you're dying. You're on your deathbed, and you're going, come here, let me tell you about Jesus. Accept Jesus. I'm about to cross over myself. That's what he did. There's thieves being crucified on each side of him, and the guy says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Just one statement of faith, one. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me. What an example. So many other things how we took it. Wow, powerful. So many other things. So we got an example. What else? There was one back there. Oh, yes, courage. Courageous, my goodness. How's the temperature in here, everybody? Everybody okay? Mostly okay? I'm moving around. I'm, I think the top of my head's starting to sweat or it's the very don't laugh. Or it might be the Vaseline I put on my head. I don't know. Um, I said, man, my goodness, what's going on here? I got excited. I, I don't know. I, I felt God's presence too. Courage. Courage and freedom. Man, you know what? You're going to help me with my Sunday sermon notes, mija. Freedom and courage. Let's deal with courage real quick. I love this song. Let me just, no, I'm not going to sing it for you. But I can still hear my uncle singing it in the Baptist church growing up, and I loved it. He had such a beautiful voice, my, my Theo Bill. And he said, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth living because he lives. Hmm. Courage. Man, if he can do that, I can, I can share my faith with somebody who's begging for me to share my faith with him, right? You guys ever had someone come up to you and they're basically serving it up on a silver platter? I feel like there's nothing to live for. Life has no purpose. There's, man, I mean, is this all there is? And they look at you. That is a layup. 
You are wide open under the basket. Turn around and kiss it off the glass. Just boof, right then. That is a, that's slow pitch. That's T-ball, actually. The ball's right there. Just hit that thing, man, for a home run. Courage to share your faith. Courage to pray with someone. Courage to... Sometimes you just got to do it afraid, don't you? I've done stuff before I knew I needed to do, man. I feel like I was shaking from my liver. Where, I don't know where my liver is. <laughs> I can name all the organs, maybe, but I'm not sure where the liver is. I think my lungs are right here. But uh, just, just did, did it afraid, man, because I knew I needed to do it. I was called to do it. Just did it afraid. Funny, I, do you remember when we did a collage of ourselves? in the second semester of 10th grade English. You have a really good memory. We did a collage, and I remember I got up there, man, my voice was quivering. I was so scared to speak in front of people back then. I was scared to death. Now, you know, it's terrible because everybody has phones and so they can record stuff. I would have hated that. They're recording everything now, huh? They'd have been recording me. And it would have showed up on Facebook already, but they didn't, we didn't have that technology back then, so. But man, I just, I did it afraid. We had to do a collage about our, ourselves on a poster board and, and kind of do a little speech. I was so freaked out. Sometimes you got to just do it afraid. Freedom. Freedom means, to me, freedom equates with peace. When you're free, man, you're, you're at peace. It doesn't matter if they have you in prison for your faith. You are at peace because you're with God. God is with you. You know that he, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Praise God. One more. Anybody else? And then I'm going to go over a few points. And then, oh, this is good. Hold on. Change. Mm -hmm. Change. Gosh, what else can be said about that? that? And I said it in Bible study last night. I probably said it in Bible study the week before. I probably said it here the week before. And Sunday, the cross demands change. You meet up with Jesus and his sacrifice at the cross and the question, the eternal question that's ringing throughout all of eternity and resonating throughout history is what are you going to do with Jesus, his sacrifice and the cross? What are you going to do with Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross? What are you going to do with it? What will you do with him? You can change or not, but if you're going to come to the cross and bow to Jesus and accept him, it demands change. That's why it offends so many people. You can talk about God and people, oh, I believe in God, I believe in this. You start talking about Jesus and people don't want to talk about that because of the cross. It's offensive to people. The cross says there's sin and Jesus died for your sin and he's asking for change. He's demanding change. And there was another one back there. Eternity. Yes. Eternal life and forever. Our minds, no matter what you say, no matter what I say, and we're all smart in this room. I think we're all just smart people. But our minds can't completely conceive eternity. Can you conceive this? That I'm going back to the old church songs, I guess. After 10,000 years, we'll have just begun. Wow. I, I, can't, I can't conceive that. But then again, there'll be no time, so it's just forever. Eternity. And God wants you with him eternally. That was always his plan from the start. So let me plagiarize some of these from my wife, not some of these, uh, I think all, all five of these, unless she had just inspired some of them, but I believe uh, she mentioned this in her team meeting a few weeks ago, and then we'll wrap it up. The cross changes the way we see things, okay? And I, once again, this was inspired by the, by the lesson that she taught, the word that she gave her team 
at the team meeting. The cross changes the way we see things. Let's look at the list. The cross changes the way we see hard times, doesn't it? If you'll really push things out, one man of God said, whatever you're going through, whatever you're worried about, whatever you're experiencing, push it out into eternity and go, is this going to matter in a year? Is this going to matter in five years? Is this going to matter in a hundred years? That just shows how finite we are. And finite is the opposite of infinite. Finite means there's an end to this stuff. If it's not going to matter in five years, can you imagine? It's really not going to matter in a hundred years or a thousand years or when we're in the new Jerusalem with God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all the angels and all the people that have gone on before. I say, man, this, this is terrible. It's awful. I know. But the cross changes the way we see things like hard times because now the cross is our eternity. So you're going to make it to heaven. You're going to live with Jesus forever. We're all going to be in heaven together one day. We may arrive there at different times, but God, our destiny is to be in heaven together one day. And man, we're going to go, man, remember the hard times on earth? What hard times? It seems like nothing now that we're in eternity, right? The cross changes the way you, you see hard times. And you know what? Everybody in this room has gone through hard times. I've been saying that lately. I think it's been one of my themes is everybody's life is hard in different ways. Now, there's different levels of hard. Don't get me wrong. Chinese people being beaten and punished or their church torn down because they're worshiping Jesus or, or people in other countries, in Muslim countries, being killed and beheaded for their faith in Jesus. But hard times, we all have areas of our life that are hard. All of us. But God's going to get you through them. Look at the hard times through the perspective of the cross. The cross changes the way we see God. Talk to other people, Buddhists. Ask, ask them. Ask a Muslim. Did your God die for you so that you can live forever in heaven with him? No, this is the only God, capital G, only God who ever even thought of something so marvelous to die for his people so that they could be with him. To die to make his people right with him, to forgive their sin. Because he's a holy God, he had to do it. He had to see you and me and deal with us through the filter of perfect blood. Otherwise, he can't. He can't deal with us because he's a holy God. He can't look on sin. Now we have the blood of Jesus that covers us, and it changes the way we see God. Wow, your God died for you on the cross. Your God is merciful. Your Man, and you see the whole Bible through the filter of the cross, it's amazing. How about others? Look at that. You see others as not just somebody who's irritating you at work <laughs> or the impossible person in your family or the one that, like, man, are you serious? Like, they're so difficult to deal with. No, you say, they matter to me. Wow, what if they die without Jesus? What if they die without Jesus? Share your faith with them. I'll never forget this. Um, Jorge and I, we became, he's our worship leader, Jorge and I became friends in high school. Um, we met each other in 10th grade, in 11th grade, we, we became friends, and we sat at a table with a few people. And one of the guys at the table, oh, he's such a nice guy. He would sit with us sometimes, he was kind of quiet, good dude, but we'd tell him about the Lord. I'll never forget this. I don't know what decisions he made exactly, I know some of them, but when I was 19, I got a call. I was living in Roswell at the time, working at a, I was assistant manager at a finance company. I got a call and somebody told me, hey, you remember so-and-so? I said, yeah, how could I forget him? He's a great guy. He said, well, he, 
He was ejected from the vehicle and the vehicle fell on him and crushed him. I don't, I don't know the circumstances, if he was drinking or what, but the same guy that we shared our faith with, man, he, he, he died. He was younger than me. I think he was 18 when he died. I'll never forget that. It marked me forever. I said, wow, I'm so glad I was able to share my faith with him. Maybe he called out to God. You see others differently because of the cross. It changes the way you see things. Number four, it changes the way you look at risk, huh? Remember that verse? I shared it with you guys recently. Might have been last week. Joseph of Arimathea. Scripture says that based on Scripture, he was a secret believer. He was one of the Pharisees, and he was a wealthy man. Well, he came to, after he saw Jesus' crucifixion and knew about it, he got some boldness in him, and the cross changed the way he looked at risk. New Living Translation says he took a risk and went to see Pilate, and he asked for the body of Jesus. When he went to ask for the body of Jesus, he was basically telling everybody, I'm one of his followers. I am a believer. Now he was out. But after Jesus died on the cross, it gave this guy boldness. He thought, man, this guy can die for me. I can go ask for his body. Joseph of Arimathea, look into him, study the few verses about him in scripture. Interesting, he got boldness. One translation says he went to Pilate boldly. One, one translation says he took a risk. It makes you look at risk differently. And man, look at the risk Jesus took on the cross. My wife and I were talking about this and Jesus knew when I do this, not everybody's gonna accept my sacrifice, but a lot will. Who knows the percentage? Only God knows. But he said, this is a risk, man. I'm giving it all. He said, if it be possible, remember in the garden? He said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He was in a human body. He knew it was going to be excruciating. But he said, not my will, but your, your will be done. He was not afraid of risk. What a risk to die on the cross to save humanity, knowing that not all of humanity was going to accept your sacrifice. But for God, it was worth it. <laughs> you, were worth, you were worth the risk. The cross changes the way we see time. Kind of touched on this a while ago. Push things out that you're worried about right now and you're concerned about, because we, we all do it. How many of you worried about something that now looking back on it within the last month, you say, man, that, that was kind of silly. Raise your hand. I'm going to raise my hand too. We do it, don't we? It already happened, and look, a week later, two weeks later, it didn't matter much, did it? God took care of it. That little bill, that issue with the neighbor, that issue with the family, whatever. Not that they don't matter, and not that those things don't matter at all. It's important to God, but wow, the cross changes the way we see things, the way we see time, the way we see events. It's like, wow, in the grand scope of things, in the, in the broad picture that God is painting of all of history, the cross changes the way we see time because now you say, wow, 2,000 years ago, Jesus sacrificed himself on a cross and we're still talking about him. He still offends people. My question to the world is, if it didn't matter, why does it bother you? You ever thought of that? That's real deep, isn't it? That's just the way my one mind works. That, I mean, I'm being sarcastic because that's not very deep at all. If he doesn't really matter, then let me talk to, him, talk to you about him. If he doesn't matter and if he's not real and if he didn't, because you can't deny that he died on the cross. There's, there's all kinds of historical documents that Jesus lived 
He existed and he died on the cross. Now, where people will argue with you is he didn't resurrect. Well, there's all kinds of proof for that too. You cannot deny it. You can't fake it. You can't make it go away. And if it didn't matter, why does it offend everybody? <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 1 says, to the Jews, he's a stumbling block. That's, that's a symbol of the religious. And to the Greeks, those are the ones wise of this world. They were always looking for wisdom. To the Greeks, it's foolishness. So that covers everybody. The religious and those that are wise in their own, own eyes, seeking the world's wisdom. And it's a stumbling block to those that are religious, just a system of religion and rules without God, and to the ones that are just seeking wisdom on their own and they're reading all these books and all this man's and woman's wisdom, it's foolishness to them. But Scripture says he used the foolishness of the cross. It's foolishness to them. But for us, see, those that are dying, Scripture says, it's foolishness to them. But for us who believe, it is the power of God unto salvation. So, don't, man, I, if I can do anything for you tonight, man, I want to lean on you and say the cross the cross matters. I know that you know it matters, but start to share it. Start to talk about it like it matters to people. The cross changes the way we see things. Hard times, God, others, risk, and time itself. Your time is valuable. One verse says, redeeming the time for the days are evil, making the most of every opportunity. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes, if you would, please. Perfect. Let's turn that up a little bit. I think everybody in here has made a commitment to Jesus, but if you've never committed your life or your heart to Jesus, go ahead and raise your hand tonight, and I'm going to pray with you. If there's anybody in this house that says, man, I want to be right with God, raise your hand and we'll pray. Anybody in here? All right. All right. Here's what I'm going to pray now. You just agree with me. I'm going to pray that God give us insight and revelation into the cross. I believe he inspired us tonight. I believe he spoke to us tonight through his word. But I believe he has so much for us in his word, so much for us in the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So much for us in the broad panel of his word. Oh, Father, just give us a revelation of the cross. Touch your people. Speak to your people tonight, God. Speak to your people tonight.